a podcast making venture capital more accessible. My name is Francesca and I'm joined today by the lovely Petra. Petra, how are you? I'm good, thank you. It's been an intense start to the week, but you know, I think it's good good to be busy. How was your weekend? My weekend was really good. I went on a social distance walk, although it was supposedly four miles. It was not four miles, two and a half hours later, and my my muscles are complaining still. But it's very good for me, I think, because with this kind of job in VC, right, you spend a lot of time sitting down looking at a screen. So yeah. I feel like I've got my steps in for the week within those two and a half hours. That's great. Awesome. And is it going to be a busy week for you? Or how how are you feeling? Well, it's kicked off quite nicely because my team are predominantly in Berlin. And it's a public holiday today. So quite relaxed start. But I imagine as a consequence, the next four days are going to be pretty intense. So I'm going to be taking full advantage. Um, of, of the slightly slower day and also taking the opportunity to speak to our wonderful guest today, Paulina Martikainen from Mackie VC. Welcome, Paulina. Thank you. And thank you for having me. Very excited to be here. You've been doing an amazing job with the, with the podcast and the guests during the previous episode. So happy to join myself in the studio this time. Oh, well, thank you so much for the compliment. And we're so delighted to have you. And, you know, from previous discussions that we've had, I think there's so much to discuss. But shall we kick off maybe with a little bit about your background, please? Um, yeah, happy to. So, so yeah, so I work as an investment director at Maki VC. And um, I guess the kind of a short version is I've been with Maki now for close to two years. So I joined a couple of years back in the spring and been spending most of my time in uh, health, food and retail tech and actually anything consumer facing uh, easily lands on my table. And before joining Maki, I actually was already in the VC space. So I co-founded this micro VC fund investing in pre-seed Nordic companies called Wave Ventures um, before my time at Maki. So kind of knew my way around the Nordic tech scene already already from before. And kind of the operational background then comes from the field of marketing and comms. So I've been working in that field both as an agency and uh, in-house and, and now obviously then helping bring our portfolio companies on those topics and also work with the funds marketing. Awesome. And, and just going back to Wave Ventures really quickly, how do you put a micro-seed fund together? Does it start out with sort of friends and family getting together who have investable capital? How exactly did, does that work? So um, so my journey to Wave was that, uh, so I said I, I was working within the field of marketing and comms. And a few years back, I was actually helping a Slush marketing team. Slush is obviously the huge tech conference held, held in Helsinki annually. And um, at Slush, I then got to know um, some people who were actually already had this idea of uh, raising this fund. And uh, the inspiration came from the from the US where there are already these kind of a student run funds invest in um, students or, or their uh, companies. But the ones in US are then oftentimes kind of uh, somehow t- tied to these universities. But, but in Finland, 
once we got this idea, we then actually decided to raise the fund from kind of real real LPs. Uh, so to raise raise the fund ourselves, or the connections made through slash help in the process. So, so basically, um, we uh, were able to raise money from the likes of Atomicos, Niklas Sandstrom, or Supercell founder Ilka Panonen, and so forth. And one of the backers was also actually Ilka Kivimäki, so one of the founding partners of Maki VC. And so, yeah, so Wave was really kind of a crash course into everything around venture capital as we were all all of a sudden managing a real fund with real LPs and, and needed to figure out how to actually do the whole process from scratch. So kind of uh, from sourcing to uh, establishing a VC brand and to uh, to deal execution and, and to portfolio management, really. And, and kind of there then I was actually the only only woman with, with seven guys and realized that uh, I actually oftentimes had very different viewpoints to, to cases, for instance. In, and in parallel, I also then learned about the dynamics in, in the VCC and, and the overall the kind of huge impact that the, that the industry has and the tech scene has over what ideas kind of get the chance to fly and was then intrigued to, to continue in VC after Wave as well. Awesome. Great. And so I guess that there was like a comfortability for you to very naturally move into Maki from Wave, like having already known the people and the environment and the culture and like the direction that they wanted to invest in. Uh, no, absolutely. Yeah. And I said, so one of the partners at, at Maki was kind of involved in Waves operations or at least on the board. So so kind of knew him from before. And and so when I was finalizing my studies, uh, he very conveniently then asked what were my uh, future plans and then then decided to join the fund. Um, and and definitely, so obviously like the fund is bigger, but still kind of the basic operations are somewhat similar, no matter the, the fund size really. And at that point when I joined, so Maki was, was very much in the beginning as well. So it had only been around for a year and I was of course you know, I wanted to stay in VC and was considering for a moment whether to rather join a bigger, more established VC fund with established brand. That would be, you know, a nice, nice stamp in, in a VC. But then, then Ilka and Maki, Maki's team had a great reputation in the tech ecosystem from their previous lives before Maki, so to say. And, and I really saw it as this great and exciting challenge to join actually the new kid in the plug. And, and of course, when joining a new fund, you actually, in my opinion, you really get to build your own path in a very different way that you would if you were to maybe join a bigger fund with, you know, more or often more hierarchical uh, structures as well, um, where you, you know, may, might end up working in an analyst or in investment associate uh, position for, for a couple of years uh, without necessarily even like real exposure to kind of things going beyond the, the deal sourcing itself, like deal execution or court work or anything like that, that really then makes you the, the great investor. Super, super interesting. Thank you so much. I'm quite curious to almost take it a step back because you've mentioned slush and then you've also meant the Finnish tech ecosystem. I would just love to learn a little bit more about that ecosystem, like whether it's just Finland and then perhaps like the Nordics as well, because you cover the Nordics at Mackie, right? Yeah. Yeah, we do do cover the Nordics. We do have a global mandate, actually. So technically can invest anywhere, but obviously for natural reasons, uh, primarily covering, like actively covering the Nordics. Um, when, when talking about the Finnish ecosystem, so I think it's been developing all the time uh, and it's going into a very nice direction and and actually slush has played a huge part in that obviously uh, interesting to see how it goes goes from 
No, but so so kind of from the 20 uh, or 2010 onward, the ecosystem has been maturing all the time. Funds raised by by Finnish uh, companies or the VC money that is flowing into the ecosystem is actually growing all the time. Also grew again last year, and and they are definitely especially on the, I would say, the deep tech side. Uh, so companies originating from the universities are, are, and the ones that are like based on, on research and science are, are super strong. So for instance, new materials and processes is an, is an area that is uh, definitely on a global level, uh, as well as there is really interesting innovation around food, food in Finland as well. So, so definitely majoring all the time and, and obviously... You know the the VC ecosystem in Finland has been maturing kind of alongside the the companies uh, themselves, and um, I think more and more VCs from outside the, the Finnish ecosystem are also increasingly kind of eyeing uh, uh, this this ecosystem. So definitely going into a good direction. That's a really interesting point and observation you've made that slash actually most likely played a huge part in making sure that you know, uh, international eyes focused mm. on on them and encouraged that ecosystem to really grow. I mean, it, it does have that reputation of like Finland tech ecosystem slash exciting. And I, and I really think that the, the kind of one thing that is very different um, is that a thing that where also Slash has uh, played a role is that Slash has been like totally run by students uh, for the for the time that it has existed and and uh, this has then had these kind of spillover effects where it seems totally normal that like students or very young people are given huge responsibilities also within startups and also um, kind of like they feel empowered to also start their own, com- own companies at a very young age and so forth so and and you can basically in Finland call call anyone within the tech ecosystem no matter kind of your age or previous experience which which makes it kind of a very low barrier um, ecosystem in that sense and I think that has really really uh, great effects so I, or I hope it has great effects going forward that's super cool I, I really like that that it's created such a positive ecosystem. So we chatted a little bit about Wave Ventures then on to also Slush, but but I'd like to know a little bit more about what happened before Slush. Obviously it's it's a big event, but how did you come across it? How did you get involved? What what were you doing beforehand? Yeah, so so if we start from the kind of very beginning, so so you know I've always had this quite pragmatic approach to to uh, my work and and career and and so I've been basing my decisions around what I know already what am I interested in and what do I need to learn more of to get ahead and um, and so um, originally I have a background as as um, a competitive athlete so I did track and field and ran in the youth national team and and that then at some point ended due to an injury. And then I needed to start thinking like, okay, what do I do next? And um, I knew I was interested in actually societal uh, issues and, and had always been good at writing and, and creative writing. And then I somehow thought that, okay, so so maybe then like social sciences and, and politics and communication studies would be uh, a great fit for me based on, based on this. And after the first year of studies, I, I then actually landed a job in this um, Helsinki-based PR agency that was uh, part of a global PR uh, agency chain, and and I was 
quickly given more and more responsibility and uh, worked almost uh, full time or or every now and then full time alongside my studies and I managed my own accounts from the fields of uh, pharma, lifestyle and food, for instance, uh, before I even had that uh, bachelor's degree in my hand. And it ended up being this kind of a crash course into all things uh, brand and marketing with uh, with heavy digital marketing and also so really I did everything from uh, PR to product launches to digital and social media marketing community building influencer marketing uh, TV ad concepting and, and directing and so forth and and then I at some point started to, to notice that this uh, social science is and also the marketing and comms field did not feel maybe something that <laughs> that I wanted to do long term uh, after get, gaining all these learnings and uh, and I wanted to get closer to kind of the very core of the business and uh, and then um, luckily got accepted to uh, study strategy in in a business school uh, which is uh, a major from where everyone then ends up in either consulting or finance or or then some some actually start building their own companies. But but yeah, and, and that's kind of like in parallel with this transition, I then had uh, come across Slash through through a couple of friends uh, working there, and uh, and then cried cried my way to that <laughs> team. So really, was actually persistently asking whether they were uh, needing any help on the uh, on the marketing front, since that was something that I already knew of, and and then I wanted to learn more about all things entrepreneurship. Wow. Okay. Got it. Joined all the dots there. Thank you. (laughs) What I want to know is how did you manage a full-time PR job alongside your degree? Because that sounds remarkable. Yeah, I actually like, uh, that's something that I wonder (laughs) to myself nowadays (laughs) as well. So I actually have no idea. Um, it, it meant obviously that I had like zero uh, free days, uh, or, or kind of like all weekends where work, work as well as well as uh, many nights um but yeah somehow i i pulled that off i guess i just had that dedication that i wanted to wanted to somehow learn a lot and and was not willing to to uh put anything aside for a moment so so yeah but i have no idea (laughs) okay i understood and you said it wasn't really for you what what was missing like what were the pieces that were missing that that now perhaps you you get as a part of Mackie? So really, I guess, obviously my like marketing and comms uh, experience was somewhat limited in the sense that I was, it, it was the agency side that I got the, the first experience of later. I also worked in an in, in-house uh, role at some point, but kind of like uh, back then I thought that this is more kind of like executing on a, on a kind of a ready-made strategy uh, instead of your yourself actually being part of the, the strategy work and, and be part of the kind of the hard stuff there and and that's what I wanted to um, learn more of and that's something that I thought that I maybe maybe could could be kind of good at if, if I just learned learned a little bit more so so that was kind of the, the reasoning there and then obviously like as an investor it's the like perfect place to be if you want to be really at the core of the business so at Maki now it's obviously like you have to really know know the companies inside and out and, and really understand something about all the functions. So obviously it helps if you, if you know one a bit more in detail, but but still like it's, it's really that you get this 
exposure to all things from, you know, strategy to finance to marketing to customer success and so forth. And, and could you tell us a bit more about the structure within Maki? How do you cover, you know, sectors and geographies within the team? And that's a that's a great question and something that we <laughs> we constantly discuss with the team as to like is there a more structured way to do this? So Maki's focus is first of all, so we invest in deep tech and brand-driven companies across consumer and enterprise spaces. So this means that our portfolio is basically everything from the uh, very deepest ends. Uh, and so deep tech companies like IQM, who are building quantum computers, or Spinnova, who have this new mechanical method to uh, produce sustainable fiber out of cellulose. Uh, but then we also have the kind of the very other end. So um, uh, direct-to-consumer companies like Alvar, uh, who have, are this sustainable uh, pet food or dog food company, or it's really a fashion re- rental company. So really a broad focus. Oh, quick question. Actually, what stage do you invest in? Uh, so we invest in all shades of seed primarily. So tickets range from 300k up to uh, 3 million euros when we talk about the initial checks and, and then two thirds of the fund is, is reserved for follow on funding. But but yeah, primarily seed, we like to get in uh, very early. So really love to be actually the first institutional investor in. Occasionally we do series A as well, but but really kind of the sweet spot is, is kind of the, the earlier, the better. Um, and, and then, then how do we structure the work? That's uh, that really is the question that we that we constantly uh, kind of think about. Uh, at the moment, it's so that well, if there's anything consumer facing, that easily, as said, lands lands on my table. But then otherwise, really, it's it's still a small team. We are five uh, on the investment side, and although there are some areas that others might be covering, like different verticals uh, that others might be covering in more detail, it's still so that the lines are fairly blurry. And 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 also, for instance, for myself, I don't want to yet necessarily limit myself to, to only look, looking at consumer or only looking at brand things, since I think that there is a tons to learn from the kind of a deep tech side as well. And it's, it's highly interesting as well. So... Uh, a big answer, uh, but but everyone looks a bit of everything uh, at the moment. Uh, that being said, there are certain verticals that you might spend more time in, like for my myself, food and health or retail. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the the sort of approach that you're taking it's sometimes helpful for investors, especially when you're you're just joining, to really get a feel of of different sectors and find out what you're interested in and passionate about. Because I think if someone isn't super excited about health, you know, it's going to be such a chore to, you know, constantly look at health Mm. companies. I think it's actually a very healthy approach to sort of, you know, let's do sort of a more general approach. And then naturally, your um, you'll sort of find your North Star in terms of sectors, especially yeah. if there's associates or analysts who are just joining. And when I think, I mean, I remember when I first joined, I was like, everything is cool. You know, like I, <laughs> I didn't really have a, a, a particular uh, a niche. Mm. Yeah. And but yeah, but I, but I also think so. Obviously, some of the funds also then like divide the tasks based on the geography or based on the country. But what we've been thinking is that that's also quite limiting in the sense from the like entrepreneur's perspective since obviously like let's say a person from our fund who is like personally 
more more into like um, research-based companies versus some other companies and covers by himself or by herself one country, then that leaves that country is kind of a less techie entrepreneurs without no real real contact point at, at Maki. So yeah, it, it's not very easy to structure the work necessarily, at least with the, the small team in the way that we would still see all the opportunities. Yeah, definitely. I think that makes total sense. And I remember from when we first spoke, you told me that you had quite an interesting LP base um, with this 80 million fund that you're currently deploying out of. So I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, first of all, kind of like of the background of, of Maki itself. So I said, the fund was um, launched three years ago, and both of the partners had been around the scene for already quite some time and had been kind of systematically building their, their networks in the tech scene. So, for instance, uh, Ilka, um, one of the founding partners, was with Inventure, so another Nordic fund before, and, and uh, led seed round of, of Vault, for instance, during his time there, and then wanted to raise his own fund uh, with the idea that he would then kind of uh, utilize the network that he had gathered. So uh, in our first fund uh, of 80 million euros, we actually have uh, 73 LPs, which is quite a high high number. So um, a lot of private wealthy individuals, both exited entrepreneurs as, as well as corporate executives. And, and then obviously some, some institutions on, on top as well. But for instance, well, some of the names that I mentioned in connection with Wave Ventures already, but uh, Niklas Fentz, or Supercell founders, or Small China Games founder, Timo Soinin, and Smartly founders are, are backing us. And, and then from the institutions, for instance, um, Tencent uh, from Asia. Uh, so really kind of the the LP base is then uh, quite vast and spans across Nordic, Europe, and Asia. That's so cool that you have conviction from both super successful entrepreneurs within the Nordic ecosystem combined with these you know huge tech giants like it really demonstrates how Mackey has been able to combine both of those worlds and convince quite different LPs mm. to all join in following Mackey's journey which is fantastic and I think what is also interesting for us to maybe discuss is that you joined a year into Mackey coming into fruition and this is an amazing opportunity for you to help set the culture and the the hiring decisions so I'd love to learn like how you've contributed to that culture at Mackey and and perhaps the the new hires you've had recently. <laughs> yeah absolutely so as, as said I think when you join join kind of a new kid in the block or a new fund you definitely get to both kind of build your own path, but also really affect the, the direction of the fund. And um, uh, how I've contributed to the, to the new hires. So so basically, since I joined, so first, first of all, we, for instance, have initiated this uh, ongoing trainee program with the idea that we have a, a student or, or a newly graduated uh, person uh, joining us every every spring and every fall for three to six months. And, and we really want to kind of do this both obviously to get some, some help to our core team, but also to kind of give this, um, uh, this opportunity for, for these uh, young, young people to, to learn from the VC industry and, and learn how fund works. 
Um, so that's something that I can take can't take full credit on, but but is something that that uh, that kind of I've I've been involved in definitely. Um, not 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 the least due to the fact that I actually uh, was uh, was letting uh, monkeys more getting as well for the first uh, one and a half years, uh, which was quite an exercise in it, in itself. And obviously, these trainee programs are kind of part of the marketing activities as well at least in terms of getting the getting the best applicants to to apply to these roles so so that's definitely something and then obviously as you grow as a fund you you start to notice these different gaps that you have within the team so so we just actually had a, a new analyst uh, tom bacon joining us uh, he actually moved moved to helsinki from london uh, used to work with founders factory and then reta uh, joined us as the platform uh, manager and and that was also kind of a something that uh, our team realized that that we uh, definitely need now that we have more and more portfolio companies and and they obviously have kind of common touch points and and, and issues that they uh, are constantly come across where where I think it would make sense to have this kind of central uh, central point within the fund where where we can direct the questions and and who actually um, helps the companies in these kind of like re recurring issues so to say. Yeah, that's that's great. So lots of hiring going on um, at Mackey and in the very near future. Yeah, absolutely. So so um, so especially the the trainee program is something that that we are planning on on continuing on the in the future as well. So so again, I think the next application period is is starting in the fall, and and it's been it really is an exercise on our front as well. I think we got over 700 applications to our wow. previous uh, internship uh, position, which I think um, is, is telling in the sense that there is definitely um, great talent kind of wanting to get into the industry. Yeah, for sure. I mean, 700 is, is a lot. How do you screen through applicants? Or what is it that you look for and what stands out to you? So first of all, so we didn't require any kind of a certain background in terms of professional experience or in terms of your education. Um, so rather kind of um, we're interested in, in, you know, having a curious uh, mind and, and a can-do attitude. Obviously, if you had any previous like touch points with the startup ecosystem, that was already, already of course, like used as a plus, but, but not kind of a requirement for, for applying. Luckily, it wasn't me going through the 700 <laughs> applications, so at least by myself. Uh, but uh, that definitely required a lot of work. But we actually like screened them uh, through properly. And, and what was really exciting was that they came from 50 plus countries and, uh, and like 40% of the applicants were female, which is something that we were super super proud of because it wasn't it wasn't the case in the in the first time around and then we actually did a lot of work on the or have been doing quite a bit of uh, work on the on the brand side as well and and kind of like when it have been wanting to position ourselves as this kind of easy to approach fund that that we are <laughs> i guess it's it's probably less daunting when when you're the one who, when you're not the one who has to go through 700 <laughs> profiles by by yourself, and and you said that you you receive applicants from um, all these different countries, so do you support the applicants also in sort of relocating if that's the situation and and everything around that, or is it now? I mean, now is it going to be probably more remote? 
so we we do support in in all those things. I don't think we could ask the the student to to take care of those things uh, themselves or or at, like even though a person would be graduated, but anyway, typically young people. So so definitely on those things. And the role actually hasn't been uh, remote so far. So in Finland, you are still, for, for the most of the time, you've been able to actually still come to the office. And I think that's like definitely the most valuable part for the for the intern as well, to actually be able to spend time with the team to kind of also passively uh, learn from the team around him or her. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I think that's that, you know, you're taking on board, you know, the full process and even showing someone who's never been even outside of their country or in Finland, the culture and, and getting to visit a new country and, and having this great internship. So um, we should definitely help boost the, <laughs> the profile on, on that. When is the um, application date again or the application timeline? So I think the next one that we're going to run is uh, next, like begin, end of summer, beginning of, of next fall. So we actually just, uh, so this previous 700 applications came came uh, in like the, the fall 2020. And we actually ended up hiring two persons from the from that batch uh, for it, for both the spring and the fall. And then next fall, we are getting applications for the, for the upcoming spring then. But yeah, I'll I'll keep you in the loop. <laughs> yeah, no, for for sure, and we can definitely share it on our channels and make sure that uh, people who are following us are are fully aware. Petra, shall we go into question time? Yes, let's do it. Let's do question time. Um, okay. So for our listeners who don't know about question time, because we kind of do it when we feel like it because uh, we are we're flexible here at Associated but today I think it would be a good day to do question time these questions are just quick fire round on getting to know our guests a little bit more and hopefully help you guys out in the process so first question Paulina what is your favorite productivity tool uh, my favorite productivity tool, I don't know if this counts, but I'm totally hooked on the, it's, it's not even a great app, but um, <laughs> Apple Reminders, because like that's how I can time everything that I have to do. And I can get like constant notifications of stuff that I should be doing right now. So, uh, so that's something that I'm completely hooked on. <laughs> okay. So what is your Apple Reminder telling you right now? <laughs> Well, doing a, quite a bit of uh, random stuff that are not even work-related also also today seems like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have personal stuff as a reminder as well in your calendar. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like it, it makes the day a little less intense if, if you kind of have a little treat treat to yourself. And, and it seems like in <laughs> Finland, you know, you're allowed out, which <laughs> is better than us in the UK right now. Um, awesome. Petra, do you want to go ahead with the next question? What would you call your VC? Oh, this is so, so tricky. Um, I would call my VC story VC. <laughs> Just because. So story like because that's the story. Yes, that's the only one that I came up with right <laughs> now like super that. quickly. I think, yeah. So or like, I mean everyone has a story right and like uh, companies at the at the end of the day are are friends and then stories so so yeah story that's me see no I like that I think it's good um it, it harks back your marketing days and exactly. I think half of the battle with founders is their ability to tell a good story 
Exactly. Um, so yeah, and I mean it. It can't have anything to do with waves because there are all already like too many funds that have a wave in their <laughs> in their name. So so story it is. Story <laughs> it is. Uh, no, I like that. Yeah, um, I think that's lovely. And I think my final question, quick fire round question that never ends up being quick fire round, <laughs> as we're too intrigued by the answers, is how do you cope with Zoom fatigue? Ah, uh, so great question, great question of Zoom fatigue. So first of all, I always hide the selfie. I think that helps that you don't have to actually stare at your own face all the time. And and overall, actually try to have uh, nowadays, like if there's like, especially if it's someone that you know well, like I don't know, an, an entrepreneur that you that you work with, then I I don't always see a reason for actually having the video on. So so I tend to just take regular calls and and I don't know have a walk um, at the same time. So so that also also helps a lot. But but definitely like try try to hide yourself. Use it it makes life easier if you don't stare at yourself the whole time. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think it's um, sometimes what I'll do is I'll hide the um, screen behind like another tab and then I can just sort of, I don't know, rest my eyes or like look out or type notes properly. Like I find that especially at the end of the day, after all the back to back calls, it's sometimes easier yeah. to just have a classic, classic conference call. Absolutely. Amazing. And final question from us, how do people reach out to you and who the sort of people would you like to reach out to? Are they people who want to get into VC? Or as you said, you're particularly focused on uh, health and food startups at the moment. So yes, be great to learn a little bit more about who would, uh, who would you like to reach out to you and how can they do so? <laughs> Um, so definitely anyone who wants to get into VC, uh, as well as with uh, with founders, I would love to obviously hear uh, from each and every founder who was who is uh, listening. I can be uh, easily reached by email. I always respond to to all the all the emails. I think all of our uh, all of our investors do, uh, and and uh, and I mean we we try to be quite transparent and easily approachable, as said. So so all the contact details are easily easily accessible from our website um well thank you so much paulina for coming on it's been super fun and, and a pleasure to chat to our listeners thank you so much for tuning in as always please let us know how you're enjoying the episodes either on twitter so follow us at associated underscore pod pod or write us at associatedpodcast at gmail.com we're always super excited to read your comments and your questions bye Bye.